All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Hello Somebody, a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. Before we begin, I want to give a special shout out to my team. Thank you, Sim, Tiffany, Sam, and the team over at Good Juju Studios, Erica England, Pepper Chambers, the hot one, and my social media team. Today, we welcome Trey Lamont, founder of the Jerk Shack Restaurant, among other things, in Seattle to hello somebody. Trey is an activist, a father, a restaurant owner, and a citizen of the world who was doing the great work on the ground to create change. So Trey, Though I know you're well known in the Pacific Northwest, but people may not know you in the Midwest or on the East Coast. <laughs> they might not know. Mm. Now, I do know you were a graduate of Garfield High School, yes. which is very notable. Quincy Jones was a graduate. The one and only Quincy Jones you know, was Quincy a graduate. Jones, Jimi Hendrix, Bruce Lee. J not Jimmy. J yeah, Jimmy. Not Bruce. Yeah. Ooh, my brother loved him some Bruce Lee, baby. There we go. Enter the dragon. Hello, somebody. <laughs> hey, he's he's one of the reasons why I went there because I also teach martial arts as well. So, you, shut up. No, dead serious. That's a beautiful thing. And Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. spoke there, and so did Reverend Jesse Jackson. Yes, yes. I mean, but I believe multiple times. Uh, Garfield just one of the hubs in um, in the black community in Seattle. That if you show up, you got to show out at the doghouse. So, so y'all, you guys got a doghouse too? No, we are called the doghouse because we're the bulldogs. We got the dog pound in Cleveland for mm -hmm. the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah, okay, we're the doghouse. So y'all, the doghouse. Yeah. We, we <laughs> I'm loving that. <laughs> so, tell people who may not know a lot about Trey Lamont. Who is Trey Lamont, and what motivates you? What motivates me is. Uh, 
becoming a an amazing global citizen for my kids and for my community and setting a good example because I was raised doing martial arts and the most important thing that I teach in that aspect is respect. And when everyone respects one another, then it shows in everything that you do. So whatever profession that you do, you're going to you're going to respect that product. If you're a chef, you're going to respect the product. If you're working with people, you're going to respect those people. If you don't have that, then what are you doing? Well, Aretha Franklin said it best. There you go. Respect. I'm not even going to try to spell it because I'm going to mess it up just because we said it. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. There you go. You got it. I couldn't resist. Look, I had to if, do it. If you it senator, was safe. You, you, I hope you know how to spell respect. Spell respect. Yeah. But you know, when you got to do it on the mic, I don't know. But luckily, we you got know. the power of editing just in case I made a mistake. You're not Birdman, so you didn't say respect. You know. No. So. <laughs> Put some respect on my name. Yeah, with R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Oh <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, my right. God. So how do you, I mean, a new generation, you're introducing them to this martial art forum and the foundations of this, besides learning the skill itself, the physical skill, you're also helping them with their mental skill as well that Correct. they can use in any arena of their lives. And that's what's most important in, um, in martial arts period. If you can't, do it mentally, then how are you going to do it physically? You're going to plateau and you will never grow further than being a black belt, you know, or whatever belt you stop at, right? Most martial artists growing in the arts realize that once you reach a black belt, the training actually just starts there. Like, so you're basically starting all over again because You've learned the basics, and then you have to learn the mental aspects and the emotional aspects as well as superior physical aspects of martial arts because you have to push yourself to another level to be able to attain the next level. Well, that's that's a that's a life lesson right there, and there's the layering. So in other words, it never ends. Correct. You're forever learning. You're a lifelong evolving. learner yeah. to master it. So speaking of arts and evolving and lifelong learning, I know you were born and raised right in Seattle. Born and raised there, from all Seattle. All your life. Yeah. And, and you own a restaurant. Mm -hmm. The only 100% black owned restaurant in downtown Seattle. The only 100%. How does that make you feel? Oh, I'm glad you asked me that question. How does that make me feel? It makes me feel proud. At the same time, sad uh, because I wasn't the first black-owned restaurant in downtown Seattle. And currently, I'm not the only black-owned restaurant, but I'm the only 100% black-owned restaurant in downtown Seattle. And me growing up and being from here and knowing my city, I'm not the only restaurant that was downtown that was owned by black people and entrepreneurs and restaurateurs and they didn't last, and it's not because of bad business. I've gotten to meet those owners. It's because of resources. <laughs> it's definitely we're behind everything else and everyone else uh, as black entrepreneurs and black people in the United States. So it's very, very hard for restaurateurs and other entrepreneurs to start a business and keep a business past two years. And once you've passed that mark, you know, people celebrate. But I think just like when you 
are black in America and you hear that, well, you have to work 10 times as hard or whatever, and you get you get that black tax. Well, it's the same thing in business and anything that we do. So we, we might have a, a equal or greater product than our counterparts that are not black and we don't get the grace or and we don't get the um, support, not just from our people, but from everyone. It's systemic. I mean, what you're talking about is yes. a systemic challenge. And I definitely believe that systemic problems need systemic solutions. And what you're enduring as a business owner is really a microcosm of larger society. You yes. are a reflection of the challenges that we have in larger society that have never really been dealt with since day zero for us uh, in North America. I mean, right. let's just call it what it is. In, in the land now known as America, the struggle continues for, for black people in, in particular. So you 100% black owned. Yes. You said it makes you proud, but makes you sad. Correct. And I think the recognition is that you're not necessarily the first one to be able to have the ingenuity and all that it takes to be the only 100%, but you have been the only one so far who's been able to continue to push through the systemic barriers. So, and, and as you push through those barriers, you you have some concern about who comes behind you and beside you. And, and so you got a GoFundMe page yes. up because you want to own land. Yes. And be able to help others. So let's talk about that dream and that vision of yours. Because you could stop and say, I'm the only one, 100%, and be just content with that. But you are not content. It's not so about let's me. talk about why. <laughs> it's not just about me. I feel like I'm on this uh, earth to be of service. And I think that when you are in that mind frame, you you have so much peace. I keep bringing it to the martial arts and... I think that um, my training as a young kid was to teach me peace because I did have a behavioral um, problem. <laughs> I, I love to get into fights and get in trouble. And when I learned that being peaceful was more beneficial to myself and to others, then that's what I strive for. These opportunities to create more opportunity for people that uh, are less fortunate, I think that those things will bring peace. The reason why I started the GoFundMe at the time that I started it was because of my youngest brother being shot and killed. Oh, my. It's coming up on one year, May 9th. And this year— I'm so sorry to hear that. Let me pause for a minute. You put that out there. I just got to rest for a minute. I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. Um I uh, I looked at the situation. Of course, I was really, really mad about what happened to my brother. It's the worst day of my life. I've lost my big mama who taught me how to cook. Every, like I've lost many others in my life, unfortunately. Uh, every year since, I believe, five years old, I've counted. I think I've lost at least three people a year. And, you know, either it be from gun violence or, you know, bad health um, that could have been prevented with good health care. And I think that uh, when I looked at the situation, I was probably the most sad and angry. I'd go through therapy weekly for it still. 
I had to really think about it and I said, what caused this? It's not the person who shot my brother for his jewelry and for his money and the jealousy and, you know, the envy. It was the situation that that person and our people are currently in of desperation. How can that change? Well, if I created a restaurant in the neighborhoods that are largely black and brown with more poverty and economic strife, how can I um, use my skills to change that? And what I came up with was if I purchased the land myself or through a GoFundMe and purchased the land and built upon it, that land can be sold back to the community members that live in the community so that they can own and have invested into back into their community without having to be denied by a bank, without having to go to a bank and say, well, I don't have this collateral, but I have this much money to invest in you know, land. Well, they can come through us. I can become the bank because I own the land already. If I own the land, 49% of the land that I purchase anywhere will go back to the community members. And if they want to keep that in their family for generations, they'll be able to do so. And how that changes the community that suffer from gun violence and drugs is when people are on the corner selling drugs or people and kids I say kids because, you know, you don't really see too many adults like in their 30s because they don't last that long. They're either dead or they're in jail. Unfortunately. You can go to those kids and say, hey, your mom owns this property right here. What are you doing on the corner? Get off the corner. All right. So there we were cruising through the new open air zoo when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue with its powerful. DC turbo engine? Well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that has spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palbocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. 
So you making it you making it personal for them, and you're creating a prosperity pipeline. That's what I want to call it. There you're you making go. It personal prosperity so, pipeline. I like that. Yeah, and, and we need that. I mean, you are really taking me back. It's important for us to understand what ownership means. Yes, is one of the reasons why you know General Sherman's order about the forty acres and the mule mm-hmm. is is real. It didn't bear out. This country did not fulfill that promise to our enslaved ancestors. Imagine had they fulfilled that promise, what our economic lives would look like right now and how the lack of, I think you used the word uh, desperation. Imagine, just imagine, you know what? I don't know about you, but from time to time, I do imagine what generationally that would have looked like had this country fulfilled its obligation to our enslaved ancestors with the 40 acres and the mule, had the Freedmen's Bureau continued, had the federal troops not pulled out of the South and denied us. And all of that stuff is interconnected and it still impacts us to this day. I mean, 41% of black businesses have gone out of business because of COVID. So you are so incredibly blessed and the other black businesses that are struggling. And that struggle is very much rooted in a lack of real infrastructure which we started off this conversation talking about. I mean, the, the, the struggle is real. Hashtag the struggle is showing <laughs> the up real. The struggle is real. Yes. I, I, I'm glad you brought up the 40 acres and a mule because when I think about the reparations conversation, it's so important to me because I've written down solutions. <laughs> I've written down solutions. and I, And then I listen to senators and congressmen and women, and I go, how come they're in the room and they're not talking about these solutions? They're always talking about, oh, well, we can't afford to pay the black population reparations and this and that, blah, 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 right? All right. Well, what's what's the solution to that? And I have three solutions for those. The first one would be college, right? Any college I don't care if you're a private, federal college, whatever, any college on U.S. soil, because our ancestors tilled that soil, you have to every year admit the current population of the United States for black people into that college every year. That's a minimum. You don't have to stop there. Every year, if the population is 13 percent black people in the United States, you have to admit 13 percent of black people every year, or you will be penalized. Now, they still have to earn their grades to get to that college. So if you want to go to Harvard, just know you got 13% there to work with, but you still have to get your grades. If you can't get your grades, you go to community college or you go to whatever college you can get into with those grades, right? And there's some great community colleges, I might say, as a former tenured professor of a community college. Great community college. Seattle has some great ones too. Um, And... I think that that would solve a huge problem here in the United States because they're still trying to figure out the college thing with student loan debt and everything like that. We ain't worried about that. We we, we just trying to get in the door. <laughs> so, yeah, so if you are an American descendant of slaves, yes, A-D-O-S, mm-hmm. that you, this country owes you a college education. For 400 years, you put a time limit on it for 400 years plus And for 400 years, they have to pay that debt back. Number two, for 400 years, black people don't have to pay any taxes. 
Hello, somebody. Business, sales tax, any kind of tax. But what you're going to get is you're going to get the folks want to cry about it all the time and say, well, we can't do that. No, this is going to drive economy. You know how? Because what that's going to do is entrepreneurs like me and the 10-year-old that wants to be a chef or entrepreneur, they're going to get investors that are not black to invest in them so that they can get those tax breaks. They're going to start partnering up with black people. The difference is they cannot be a majority owner of that company. They can be an investor so that that wealth generates generational wealth. And for 400 years, we don't have to pay taxes because they owe more than that. (laughs) So, Oh, yeah, they do. So that's two. And number three. Number three is banking, just like the colleges, right? Every federal FDI bank, whatever, they have to loan business and home every quarter 13% of the, or whatever the population, because our population can grow. Whatever the population is at the time for black people, you have to do a minimum of that population of loans, business and home. So that restitution can be given back to the redlining and and so forth and all the businesses that were stolen and burned down, not just in Tulsa, but everywhere. Everywhere. Right. Yeah. And what that will do is it will drive economy. It will drive change. And what that will do for the black community is it will create wealth in the community to where we create our own neighborhoods, not saying, oh, white people can't live here. It's we're creating our own neighborhoods to where we control the policing and the fire departments and everything like that. That trickles down. We have our own councils and all sorts of things because we actually start to own. That's This is your conversation of ownership. We start to own the block. We start to own that neighborhood to where that voting follows that because we'll go, oh, well, Miss Jackson's son wants to be the mayor of this area or the governor of this area. Yeah, I'm going to vote because I know that person. So it's about relationship. It's about yes. relationship. And it is about relationship. All of that, I mean, is absolutely beautiful. Erica Alexander and I wrote mm. an article about reparations. And part of that, some you of the and Cousin Pam. You... <laughs> yes, I <laughs> you did. And Pam. Living single, okay. baby. A shout out to Erica Alexander, who's been really, you know, talking about and steeped in reparations. So has, you know, people like Michael Rinder and just so many mm. others on the black banking side. You know, yes. we got Greenwood Bank. Right. There's a whole fund called the Black Bank Fund where you have conscious minded black people who are really focused on the financial sector to try to close that wealth gap. There are many ways that we can close the wealth gap. Everything that you named is a way. And then also direct cash payments is another way to close that gap. All of those things, as far as I'm concerned, should be included in the debate. And you probably know, Trey, just recently, H.R. 40, that Congressman John Conyers have been fighting for since the late 1980s, finally passed the committee in the House of Representatives and... That is, in fact, a beautiful thing. We got to get it through all the way through that entire Congress 
and make that a reality. And, and, and really the basis for that is just to study. I mean, imagine how long I'm, I'm saying since the late 1980s, he had been trying to push that through. He has since deceased has not, you know, he didn't live to see it, but he planted those seeds. And right. really all that's asking for is to study. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to committed. study it, but hell, we already know. I mean, how much more studying? Let's, let's do the study so we can check that off, but right. it shouldn't take forever to do the study to get to what we already know is uh the the realities in this country with this country owes and it 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 would bounce if they paid us truly what they owe so they not they need to just go and put a down payment on the debt i think that, that some of the solutions that um i just brought up are things that can be implemented uh immediately uh without there being a major overhaul of something right and i think that that's usually the argument, right? And the pushback. Oh, well, we would have to finance this or blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we have to change our whole system. No, you don't. Not for these things. These are kind of things that can be done quickly. But even if they did, it's well worth it. I mean, that is the original sin of this country is what they did to our enslaved ancestors. And we don't even have to go back to our you know our ancestors to deal with this you you brought up redlining during the great recession of 2008 black people lost half of their wealth in their homes right half so we have 21st century receipts mhm even before yeah. we start to go all the way back to our ancestors receipts that this country owes and so people like Dr. Sandy Darity and his, you know, fantastic book they both have written. And Miss Mullins, we have people like uh, Dr. Derek Hamilton in this space. We have people like Yvette Car Carnell that's in this space. So many people have been the voices crying out in the wilderness to this United States that you must repay the debt that you owe. Your original sin, right. the peculiar institution, they called it, the trading of flesh. You must atone for it generational you got to atone for amen to that so trey let me go to something beautiful that's beautiful you know in a, in a in a hard way we're saying america look in the mirror yeah and you gotta as michael jackson said you gotta make the change baby <laughs> part of making that change is paying up you owe so that's one thing but let me go back to big mama if i can as we round yes. this thing yes. on home and we're gonna have to have this conversation again but I do want to talk about Big Mama. You and I have that in common. So the Jerk Shack, you're in Washington State. You doing the thing not only for yourself and your family, but you have a vision to bring in the entire black community for this prosperity pipeline. Y'all yeah. heard it here first on Hello Somebody, the prosperity <laughs> pipeline that you are doing. Believing that your success is rooted in the success of others. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful thing. That's like the golden rule, doing to others and knowing that we are connected. Now, Big Mama, you and I have that in common. So you what, you were in the kitchen with Big Mama? Man, look, I have so many siblings and cousins. Uh, I have four brothers, four sisters. I'm number six out of nine kids myself. I'm My, number one of seven. See? Look, we, we have a ton of kids in the house all the time. Always at Big Mama's house always at Big Mama's house. She raised us. And I was the only one allowed to be in the kitchen with her. Why? Why is that? You had a spell on Big Mama. Tell man, us Man, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I, I, you, know, you know, Big Mamas and Grandmas and Nanas and stuff, they can see what sparks you. Like, they see everything. Yes, you they know. do. You know, they, they have that spirit. They have that old spirit there. And she obviously saw the spark that I had for... 
being in the kitchen and cooking. I had sisters and cousins that would be like, oh, I want to learn how to cook. And she'd be like, get out the kitchen. Get get your butt out the kitchen. Get out of here. But me, like, sit on right there. Go ahead. Come on. Get on the counter. We're going we gonna to do this together. And I watched everything. I have recipes that are branded in my brain that I've never written down that I can make of hers. And when I have people eat it that know her cooking and they go, oh, that tastes just like Big Mama's. And I'm like, because yes. it is. You know. capture her essence. Now, Trey, let us rest right here for a minute because some people who might not be as familiar with the black cooking tradition, Big Mama hardly measured, you know, do they just oh, knew. Know. They just <laughs> exactly. knew how much ingredients went into that sucker. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there... Keep going, because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. Right. Uh, and I and I do the same thing. I don't have to measure anything. I go into the restaurant and my prep guys, I have everything measured out sure. for them. Um, like they have the recipes uh, written out and measured out. But I can go in there and start doing stuff. And they're like, how come you don't measure anything? Like, And it tastes better than what I made it. Like, and I'm like, hey, That's because I've been doing mama. this for a long time. Yeah. I'm young, but I've been cooking since I was three years old. So you've been in the kitchen with Big Mama since you were three. Yes. Did Big Mama live to see you open the jerk shack? No, she did not. Unfortunately, she passed when I was in middle school. And before my brother's death, that was the hardest death I've ever um, experienced. experienced. I got a phone call to get on the bus to come see Big Mama because I was go to her house every weekend. And it was a... Friday, and I was told, hey, 
she's not doing too well. We're gonna have to take her to the hospital. And I hopped on the bus, and mind you, this bus that I hopped on went all the way from North Seattle to all the way to South Seattle. It's the longest route ever, called the Forty Eight bus. And this Forty Eight bus usually would take over an hour to get to the Central District from where I was. That day, not one person got on the bus except for me. So yeah. that bus driver was just like, it was like an Zoom. express. Yeah. And I got off the bus right in the Central District, right by Garfield High School on Cherry and 23rd. And I ran all the way to 32nd and Cherry. I got into the house and my big mama's pastor was just covering her up with a sheet. My legs would not work when I walked through the door. So I fell right there. Because I knew, like, her spirit just, like, it was like her spirit went through me and out the door. And I just fell flat on my face. And my cousins were there. My siblings were already there. My older siblings, I was always doing stuff. Like, I was, like, practice or something for Taekwondo or something like that. And, you know, I was just always away doing something. And everyone was there. And I was the only one that was not there when she left except I believe her spirit finally left when I opened that door. That's powerful. Yeah. Besides the recipes, you know, the essence of, of your big mama, what are some of the less other lessons that you learned from her that you can share with the people who are listening to us today? I think that the biggest lesson that I learned from my big mama, because my cooking techniques and, and style derives from her, but She's not the Caribbean side of my family. She's the Southern side of the family. I think that the largest lesson that I learned from her was love because her home in the Central District was a huge, big old house that my great-grandmother worked for. She scrubbed floors and worked in that home before um, the old Jewish family moved out of that like. The black community here in Seattle used to be a Jewish community. And then the Jewish community moved to Seward Park area and they sold a lot of their homes that are um, traditionally the black neighborhood in the Central District to their workers and maids and stuff. And she worked her butt off for that house. And then my big mama took it over. And that love lesson came from me seeing any family member that was in a desperate situation of stress or domestic issues, whatever. They had a place to come. She opened that house up to anybody in the family. You was family. You look at the Medea movies and stuff. That was Big Mama, like to a T, wearing a muumuu, and you just come on and you can stay in the house rent free, whatever. But you know you will respect her and you respect everybody else in the house. Yeah, you're going to have some arguments and stuff, but we're going to be playing dominoes and chilling and, you know, loving on each other. Love. And that was the largest lesson that I learned from her, that she could have grown adult kids that weren't necessarily doing anything. And she's like, they say, Mama, I gotta, I'm, I'm coming home. I need a room or whatever. She's like, come on. And I don't know if I could do that yet, but... <laughs> You know, with like my siblings or whatever, but I try to give them the same grace as much as I can. But I do recognize that I'm not big mama. 
And that's okay. I mean, you carry on some of her traditions. You can't carry all of them. Somebody else got right. to pick up the other mantle. But I really, the love part, I mean, that really is it. You're making me think of the song Love Lifted Me, you know, from mm-hmm. the Christian tradition. You're also making me think about when Jesus was asked by somebody else trying to be a smart ass. I'll just say that, <laughs> you know, was being asked, what's the greatest commandment? You know, they were trying to test them out in the Christian mm-hmm. tradition. And he said, to love the Lord thy God with all their heart and their mind, their soul and their spirit. I might be adding a couple of things to that, y'all. Forgive me. <laughs> but he said the second is to love thy neighbor mm-hmm. as thyself. And to hear you talk about Big Mama and how she had a big heart, opened up her house, the foundation was love. And you are carrying yeah. on her tradition through cooking and the jerk shack and your vision for the black community, which is really a vision for America. Yeah. You are looking to close the wealth gap, which not only helps the black community, but it helps America and your philosophy about being a citizen of the world. Oh my God. Trey Lamont, baby, you are doing the daggone thing. Hello, somebody. Now, where can people find you if they're not? Can we order online? What's your website? Talk to us. Can I can well, I get some jerk shack in Cleveland, Ohio, baby? That's look, what if, I if you're inviting me to Cleveland, I'll come out there and make something for you. I do private chef work and I've you done too. it all over the you know, the states and stuff. I will travel. But you wouldn't be able to get jerk shack delivered or <laughs> mailed to you. No. Not yet. Not yet. Not you yet. better think about not, that. Not yet. What's your website, though? If somebody is visiting, going through Seattle, Washington area, and they want to stop by the Jerk Shack, how do they find you? JerkShackSeattle.com. 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 Also, is the GoFundMe still going? The GoFundMe is still going. Uh, Where do people go? Oh, all you have to do is um, type in the Jerk Shack Land Fund. Okay. And what that does is it will allow for us to purchase the land so that we own that land outright so that we're not paying rent onto a lease. That land will go back to community members and a buyback program so that they can own it themselves. And the other tenants of that land, because I'm not going to be able to take up all of the land. Our minimum that we're trying to purchase is an acre. And that's just one acre, and they owe us 40. So, <laughs> you better say that again. <laughs> so, that's the minimum. So, on that land, we will build other pods and create businesses, barbershops, other restaurants, whatever. Whatever services people in the community want to create is going to be for that. They'll be able to support their community, and the community will support itself. Throughout history, every time our community through a Harlem Renaissance or through um, the Panther Party. We support ourselves, but systematically, on purpose, it has been stomped out. Those are historical facts. They are. You know, I, I hate it when I hear people say, well, how come the black community doesn't do this for themselves? It's like, we did. We have. We have continued to. If you knew your history... You would never let those words come out of your mouth. That's exactly right, Trey. And every time we tried the system itself, whether it was de facto or de jure, de facto, in fact, in reality, de jure in law, one way or the other, they found a way from the black codes to Jim Crow to beat us back, whether you were in the South, air quotes, or the North, Mm -hmm. air quotes, because hell, anywhere in America was South for black people. Let's tell this truth. 
the system itself, it bore down on us and our, and our people. And so it's been so hard. And even in the 21st century, the remnants of that is still there. So that's why I agree with you. This country must repair that. They must, they got to repent truth and reconciliation and the repair part is so vitally important. I salute you, Trey Lamont, for your vision. And you are very much in line with the vision of so many of our, not only our ancestors, but some of our foremothers and forefathers who are still alive. They, yes. they still walking around here wanting to see justice come uh, to, to them and their children and their children's children. And you at such a young age are carrying on that tradition. And we at Hello Somebody, we salute you. Please support what Trey is trying to do, the Prosperity Pipeline. If you are ever in Seattle, Washington, which Seattle is one of is is one of my favorite cities. So when I get back Come there, on. I'm coming. I'm coming to the Jerk Shack. And Jerk I'm gonna Shack let you Seattle know. on Instagram, too. There it is. Jerk Shack Seattle on Instagram. I am going to follow you and like what you're doing. Each one, teach one. Each one, reach one. Let's go and help Trey Lamont fulfill his vision to ensure that the black community has the land and the environment, the atmosphere that they need to be successful and in service to our sisters and our brothers. You better go ahead on Trey Lamont. This is Nina Turner on Hello Somebody, (laughs) baby. Hello Somebody is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Man, y'all asking a sister for a little too much. (laughs) AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.